Report from the world of equity capital markets, where after a long quiet period, things may be picking up again. This is The Markets, a new podcast series from Goldman Sachs Exchanges. Hi, I'm Sam Grobart. Today, I'm joined by Lizzie Reed, Global Head of the Equity Syndicate Desk in Investment Banking, and we're going to talk about how companies are accessing capital in this current environment and what the trajectory looks like for the months ahead. Lizzie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. So 2022 was clearly a year in which a lot of companies pulled back from issuing new stock. How is 2023 comparing so far? So if you look at global issuance year over year, we're up about 6%. In U.S. listed or the America's business, we're actually up 30%. So that's a positive change to what was a very quiet year last year. So what are the drivers of ECM issuance? There's a couple of categories, and I'm sure you'll ask me about IPO markets. Absolutely. I'm sure you're asking about convertible markets. That too. But the drivers of issuance to date are, number one, think about it as like consumers of capital. So if you are a, for example, a therapeutics company, you're going to fund your business for R&D on the back of a clinical trial for a drug, whether the market's up, down, or sideways. You're not price insensitive, but you're going to go raise capital. So I put that in the camp of, for example, consumers of capital, opportunistic raises. Another big driver of issuance this year is actually secondary, so monetizations of existing positions. If you look at, for example, the sponsor and VC community, in 2022, volumes were down between 80-85% year over year. And so there hasn't really been a lot of secondary activity driven from that cohort of potential sellers. So this year, we've seen an uptick of secondary monetizations from that community And in addition to that, we've seen active issuance from corporate cross-holdings, so large corporations who invested strategically in an asset that might look to basically monetize a portion or all of that asset. And so the big driver has been secondary in nature. And then obviously, convertible bond markets is doing extremely well in terms of notional volume, but those have been the big drivers. Let me dig into that with you for a quick second. The expectation, of course, is that rates may continue to rise in the months ahead. Do you feel like the people that you're talking to have factored all of that in and that's added into their model going forward? Yeah, I think there's a growing consensus that the Fed is on the back half, right, of their hiking cycle. And as a result of that, there's more clarity in terms of what the forward could look like. In addition to that, I think that from an investment positioning perspective, investors are sitting on tremendous high cash balances and they're not paid all the time to sit in cash, even though obviously we're getting a good return right now. And so I think it's definitely shifting to a more conducive market in terms of driving potential issuance. So let's talk about IPOs. Obviously, that market has been relatively quiet for the past year, but we're starting to see some new activity. What kind of companies are coming to market and what qualities in those companies are investors looking for? Yeah, it's exciting to see the IPO market reopening. If you look in the past 18 months, the majority of issuance has been skewed towards corporate action. So IPOs that have come out of large corporations on spin companies. We're just starting to see the more regular way IPO market reopened, whether it's sponsored back or founder led. And I think what investors are really looking for in terms of quality of company are one, highly durable two, strong margins, three, strong free cash flow conversion, modest leverage, and an A++ management teams. And it's been really interesting to see the shift from investing in ultra growth, unprofitable companies in 2021 
to a change in terms of the metrics. The IPOs that have come to market have been very strong companies that quite frankly can IPO in any market. And they've gotten to a point where they wanted to proceed forward. You just said that it's good to see the IPO market reopening. A lot of people are asking that question, when will it reopen? But you're basically saying that's yesterday's news. Yeah, Sam, I've been one of the more optimistic and forward-leaning people about the IPO market because in reality, the IPO market has been open. It hasn't been a case where there hasn't been demand for new companies, particularly from the investing community. It's more about has an equilibrium of valuation for what a corporate, a sponsor, a board wants to achieve matches with the investment point evaluation from the investor community. And so that bid-ask spread continues to collapse and become more palatable. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important, like the IP market is open. The question is, does the company want to proceed with it? And that's been a big shift in the past couple of months that we've seen more supply. Is there any global analysis to be made here? Are there regional differences that you're seeing? I think there's regional differences in process of going public. How do you do investor education? What is the requirement in terms of how long are you in the market? How do you build your order book? There's distinct aspects by each region. But generally speaking, the market's open globally. And we've seen activity in Europe. We've seen activity in Asia. We've seen activity in the U.S. We've seen activity in other regions of the world. So I think it's more of a process question, quite frankly, than a regional bias. So that's also a good data point. You did mention convertible bonds. I am going to ask you that question. Of course, that's debt, which includes an equity component. Those bonds have picked up a lot this year. What are you seeing in that part of the market? Convertible bonds are a tremendous product for issuers right now. And I think if you look at volumes, just global convertible volumes year over year, they're up 175%. Wow. That's a big difference. Now, why? One, in a rising interest rate environment, a convertible bond looks more attractive. You've seen year-to-date, particularly in the America's business, more investment-grade-rated companies look at convertible bonds and issue them large in scale. In addition to that, it's a diversified investor base. So it's Mm -hmm. not your traditional straight-debt, investment-grade-rated buyer. It's not a pure equity buyer. It's more of a diverse, bespoke investor base that participates in convertible offerings. And so it's also a good way that if you are looking at shareholder expansion and creation, you can access another dedicated pocket of capital. You were just talking about investor bases. I want to ask you about one of those. A couple of years ago, obviously, a major theme in markets was the rise of the retail investor. Where do you see that cohort now? Yeah, the retail investor is an incredibly important component of the IPO market, particularly because how much they hold of public equities globally. And in 2022, there was an absence of the retail investor. In 2023, as we navigate this particular macro cycle and consumer spending, we're seeing that the retail investors start to heal slowly and re-enter the ECM space. And it's a good data point in terms of the forward trajectory of the calendar, but it's very consistent and slow healing and hopefully a part of the distribution aspect of the capital market space that will recover quickly in the second half of this year, if not in 2024. All right, Lizzie, last question. What are you going to be paying attention to next week? It's going to be a quieter week in terms of global issuance because of the July 4th holiday. We're in corporate earning blackout, though I don't anticipate that there'll be an uptick in terms of issuance that's going to happen on a global scale in next week's business. I think the most important thing that we all are doing right now is really preparing our issuers that when the market does reopen, 
after Q2 earnings, that if there's a window to access liquidity, they're prepared to do so. And so it's a little bit more of a preparation mode next week and probably next two weeks versus being in execution mode on actual raising the capital. So it's a little bit more of a quieter week for the banks. Lizzie, really appreciate all the insight. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sam. That does it for another episode of The Markets. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sam Grobart. Thanks so much for listening. The opinions and views expressed in this program are not necessarily the opinions of Goldman Sachs or its affiliates. This program should not be copied or published without the express written consent of Goldman Sachs. Each brand mentioned in this program is the property of the company to which it relates and is not used to imply any ownership or license rights. Goldman Sachs is not providing any financial, economic, legal, investment, accounting, or tax advice through this program. Neither Goldman Sachs nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any information contained in this program. Our theme was composed by Soundboard.